Witnesses claim encounters with hairy man-like creatures or their sign throughout the world's mountains and forests. These wild men have been portrayed in native art, oral, and literally traditions for millennia. For many, these wild men are matter-of-fact part of the natural as well as cultural landscapes. Are these mysterious hominids surviving branches of once a bushy family tree? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to ECBRO Bigfoot Radio. I'm your host, Daniel Benoit, founder of the ECBRO, and I'm here to share with you stories and encounters of Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti, and other wild men of the world. Sit back, listen, and enjoy the next episode. And here's a word from our sponsor, Gwendolyn Purcell, owner of Got Knockers. Okay, so back in September of last year, 2021, I went on a Bigfoot expedition in the Allegheny Mountains with some BFRO guys. And one of our guys um, got these really nice branches, like out of the woods, cut them real nice, debarked them. And I jokingly said, I'm going to make you a t-shirt that says Got Knockers. So I came home from the expedition, made the t-shirt sent it to him he immediately emailed me and said man you got something here you gotta trademark this or do something with it so I sat on it for months because I wasn't sure I I wanted to to risk the money because really it's a risk and uh, finally took the plunge and here we are so um, got knockers is simply uh, a play on words about big on trees to communicate with other bigfoots um, and it's funny because women and men, like I, I just went to the conference in um, Ohio and everybody freaking loved the shirts. <laughs> um, and they're great. So I'm all the proceeds that come from Got Knockers um, goes into the research that I do um, right here at my own home because I have a Bigfoot in my backyard um, that likes to torment me. So everything that I get goes into purchasing equipment and funding expeditions right here in my area. And coming this um, October or coming in the next few months or weeks will be a, um, a breast cancer shirt um, that will be a special shirt that Got Knockers will put on. And uh, we'll do some different fundraising things throughout the year for like the ASPCA or um, some like food banks at Thanksgiving and stuff some so that some of our proceeds will go towards that kind of stuff. Um, it's just the beginning of a, a fantastic uh, a fantastic uh, I don't know how you want to put it. Um, it it's going to be quite the journey so going to be fun but we're coming down um with daniel benoit to um his expedition the end of uh may i've got uh um the virginia conference in june the tennessee conference in july i got uh uh the another virginia bigfoot festival in october so you know you're going to be seeing us all over the place we can be reached uh i'm setting up it that'll be online very soon the Etsy store is online already. And um, of course, anybody can get a hold of me through Facebook on the Got Knockers page. 
um, because we have our own Facebook page and everything that we have gets listed on there as well. Um, So that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of ECBRO Bigfoot Radio. And I'm your host, Daniel Benoit. And tonight we have a very special guest, none other than the founder of Cook Cryptid Research and Sasquatch, the sauce that's boss. Travel channels, these woods are haunted. Also, cryptozoologist, author, and chef, Michael Cook. How are you doing? And welcome to ECBRO Bigfoot Radio, my friend. Hey, hey, Daniel. How's it going, buddy? Man, it's going great. I am actually glad to have you on here, man. I, you know, I've had you on in the past on other podcasts, but not the radio podcast. And I'm glad to have you on here as a guest. Uh, yeah, because, you know, we've been through uh, together. We've we got a little history together and and uh, we got some things coming up that uh, we're both involved with. And, and uh, so, yeah, we got quite a bit to talk about, man. Uh, first of all, let me ask you, what have you been up to lately? Well, besides the obvious, working and and slowly dying from stress and all that stuff, uh, I'm uh, very undercover researching. I'm still uh, a lot of people think that I've disappeared, and 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 in a way I have, but I've had a lot of lot of different things going on, man. I mean, like you said, we got so much to talk about tonight. But you said it right there in the intro: Sasquatch, the sauce that's boss. Um, that is the new line of barbecue sauces and hot sauces that I have out right now. Um, they are available online and, uh, you can find that at Facebook, uh, Squatch. Um, that's pretty much taken a lot of my time up, but other than that, I'm just living my best life, man. And, and, and trying to, uh, trying, trying to just keep on trucking, you know, <laughs> Absolutely. And may I mention, uh, for the listeners, the sauces that you produce and create, myself and my taste buds could speak firsthand that we've got to taste and experience Sasquatch sauces, and they are phenomenal. I mean, if you have not tried it, you got to get them. Order yours today. Absolutely. You know, that's the, the sauces, you know, um, 20 years this year of Bigfoot research and culinary creations has had led me to the production of Sasquatch. And right now we have three different flavors out. That's uh, black cherry bourbon, apple bourbon, and uh, peach bourbon. And then yes. we have a hot sauce out that is a maple whiskey. And if you if you hear the trend, folks, that's because all of it is made with Kentucky, real Kentucky bourbon and whiskey. And um, I, I produce them in a way that they are versatile on anything. I think Daniel and Zach Starrick had it on uh, had the apple on chicken. Yes. I, yeah. Yeah. How did you like that? It was amazing, man. You know, and. The chicken was just a starter. I have yet to get more of that and try it on other foods. Um, yeah, because, I mean, when it comes to sauces like that, I mean, they're they're an excellent marinade. Because I mean, that's what I did. I let them marinate 
before we started cooking them. And, uh, of course, we cooked over an open fire, I mean, which is a great way to cook, you know, especially while we were out camping. So, I mean, it it was amazing, man. I Like I said, I can't wait to try it on other foods. So It's all so good. It'd even make the legendary Bigfoot come out of the woods for a taste. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Sad thing is, I wish I had it for this weekend because, uh, you know, we're doing some camping for the weekend. we got a good uh, little group coming out, and uh, I wish they could experience it themselves. Unless you want to take a ride up to Virginia this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could. I've got an event going on in Kentucky this weekend myself. Uh, it's not a Bigfoot event. It's an outdoors event, and uh, I'm actually catering the whole uh, the whole thing. Uh, and Soft Squatch is going to be very much a part of everything that I cater this weekend. Um, but here in just three to four weeks, man, yeah, I will be at the ECBRO annual Bigfoot conference up in uh, Stanton, Virginia, with you, and there will be many, many, many bottles around and right there at the cook cryptid research booth um along with a variety of other different products and merchandise to to look at and buy absolutely absolutely and you know there's some people i i it's kind of rare but i've learned fairly recently now like i'm i know you have a the, yeah the maple uh bourbon the maple bourbon hot sauce there's some people that love buying hot sauces just to collect them, just to have them. And, uh, you know, so if you're a, a hot sauce collector, I mean, come on, buy, you know, Michael's booth and buy yourself a bottle and get the whole collection and get the whole set. I mean, uh, shoot, Michael will sign it for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, the, the hot sauce, it, don't let it scare you. It's just... It's just the right amount of heat, and, you know, it's not a secret. The The main pepper used in that hot sauce is habanero. However, the five hottest peppers on earth have a place in that hot sauce along with the maple whiskey. So what you get when you when you first get it, when you first, it first hit your tongue, you get bit by that pepper. But give it a minute, and I promise you, you'll taste the maple. And it'll open up your 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 senses and and everything comes together. Now that stuff is good. I'm a hot sauce fanatic, just like Daniel said. I'm one of those idiots to go out here and buy hot sauce and you know the devil's urine and stuff like that just for the name. But I like hot sauce on just about everything. And this hot sauce is versatile. It it can go on anything if you like that. Now there are some people out there that says, Oh, it's too spicy for me. And that might be the case, but that is not made for you. I will come up with a hot sauce that's not as hot one day that will that will go across all all people with all different flavor preferences. All right. Yeah, now I know for example, I, I could eat a lot of hot and spicy stuff. I mean, yes, I've had some severely hot stuff before that'll actually bring tears to your eyes. And, but uh now, on the other hand, yeah, like you're saying, some people are sensitive to spicy stuff. I could be eating something that tastes great. I don't notice no spice whatsoever. You give something like that to my mom, no, yeah, she's going to be crying bloody murder because her taste buds are so sensitive to any to the slightest little spice, you know. Uh, we're talking about a speck of pepper. I mean, 
anything. Her taste buds will discover it and, you know, cry for help. <laughs> well, you know, good examples. This past weekend, I was in the middle of making sauces and, and everything. I had an order to fill. I had, I had a case to uh, sell this week. And I, I got all of my sauces made. And as I was putting my dry ingredients in, uh, I do taste test, you know, and, and every one of them were fire hot. And I'm like, oh, what have I done? You know, I thought for a minute, I said, okay, let me go back through my recipe here. Let me go back through my checklist and see what I've done because every one of them, every single one of them was too hot. And I was like, and then it occurred to me, I hadn't cut it with any, uh, any, any brown sugar yet. And I was like, duh, I was pretty much making a barbecue hot sauce right then and there. But once I added the brown sugar, it, it cuts that heat down. Uh, the, the black cherry is not hot at all. The apple and the peach do have a little bit of a little. Hmm. And the peach has a little bit of a habanero about to it, but it meshes so well together. You get that sweet and spicy in both of those flavors, the apple and the peach that, that just go together so well. And even, even like your mom, you were talking about her, even her, she would, she would like those because of how complimentary the two are. Right. Now, from what I recall from tasting those, I mean, I sampled all of them and I love all of them. Absolutely. And I'm not just saying that because we're I'm on here with you. I mean, I'm being straight up. I mean, I've experienced all kinds of different flavors and sauces over the years. And these are like, to me, hands down, number one, best tasting food of, you know, barbecue sauces with the combined ingredients. I mean, um, and I, you know, I don't recall really experiencing like a spice. I mean, I think like you were saying, like you could almost taste something coming on, but your taste buds enjoy the sweetness that's in that sauce. Exactly. I mean, it complements it. Yes. And it's like, a, it's like a candy. I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, folks just get it. Just try it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have the, all, all the words to use. I'm just saying you take my word for it. Try it, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, and you know, that's like uh, up at the ECBRO event. Um, there's going to be, uh, there's going to be some food. Then. So, if you find something you like and you want to try the hot sauce or the uh, or the barbecue sauce, either one, all you got to do is come by the booth. And uh, and and if and I'll say this because it is it happened just a couple weeks ago at an event. If I run out, and it it's very possible I'm bringing three hundred bottles with me, but if I run out, do not threat at all because, like I said, the online store it's there. Facebook, Messenger, everything is there. I do PayPal, Cash App, um, everything that you could possibly want, I've got it. And we'll get you some sauce, no matter what. Good deal. And here's another thing, too. When you come out to the Virginia Bigfoot Conference, one of our food trucks, we have we have three food trucks, if, that's in, if you're including the ice cream truck. <laughs> uh, but our, our one food truck, um, they have a large variety of food, burgers, hot dogs, you name it, it's probably on their menu. Our other food truck is actually strictly barbecue. So here's your chance to try 
barbecue sauce on some pork or whatever brisket, whatever you decide to get. And if you order from the barbecue sauce, tell them you don't want no sauces because you got a sauce that you want to try inside the venue. So <laughs> there you go. Um, that's that's so, how yeah. I do it right there. Absolutely. Um, that's what I mean. At least that's what I would suggest or recommend, you know. So because a barbecue, you're going to love the meat that's coming from the barbecue truck anyway. I've had their brisket and a few other uh, samples of their other food, and they are amazing. So, um, yeah, get their get their meat. Order your barbecue meat, you know, without any sauce. Bring it inside, and Sasquatch will hook you up. <laughs> Daggone right. Yeah. Um, so what else has been going on with me besides Sasquatch? So a couple years ago, but man, the last two years, and I know you, you know as well as I do, the last two years have been just unbelievable. I mean, mm. it March 2020 it just the world stopped i mean you know and along with it a lot of us that that research bigfoot we they, it was split right down the middle in my opinion a lot of some of us went to the woods we retreated to the woods some of us retreated to our homes and concentrated on being with our families and stuff but covid man you know with me you know, we don't, we, we, I never get into real deep in my personal life, but I'm in the medical field and I'm also a bartender. So there's, there's that, but, um, mainly I'm in the medical field and the last two years have been just ruthless and we're finally seeing the calm We're we're seeing all that, but I took cook cryptid research completely off the map. And I said, you know what? For right now, I don't have time to do any of this. I don't have time to dedicate to it and all this stuff. I turned down conferences. I turned down speaking events. I even turned down a couple of TV shows. And mainly because I could not physically do it. I was, I was done. I, I was done. I wasn't done completely. I wasn't wouldn't going, going to quit. But a few months ago, I decided to start easing back into it. And lo and behold, man, you know, that last year around this time, you were down in Kentucky and you and I spoke at an event and we had so many people there that would just, were, were just, I don't know if, I don't know if I could find the words. They were relieved. And would you say that, Daniel, that they were relieved to see us there and to be able to talk to us and, and tell their stories without people thinking, you know, what people think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, the main thing is we definitely were very welcomed uh, among them. Um, it's like, yeah, yeah, relieved was a, uh, is a great way to say it. But I definitely felt welcomed. I felt very easy going there with them and among them. Um, you know, and, you know, and that's the thing. Uh, with what we do in the Bigfoot world, I, I've – become so comfortable with myself and open about the subject <laughs> you'd be surprised who i start talking to you know and opening up who i am and what i do uh especially with the events and stuff shoot i even talk to police officers <laughs> exactly and you know uh, one one guy in particular comes comes to mind whenever we uh we done that event in kentucky and he was a firefighter he's the chief of the, uh, the fire department 
And oh, yeah. He looked, he looked like one. He had the big mustache and all that. And if there's any firefighters listening, I'm I'm just giving you giving you some uh, give you some hell. But no, he had the big mustache. He was like the epitome of, hey, I'm a firefighter. And he was dead on, man. He was like, you know, we've had these experiences, blarty, blarty, blarty. And I'm so glad to have a place to come to be able to share my stories with you guys and this and that. But, you know, with me, I've always been, well, you've always been, like you said, you, you've always been the kind of person. You're very comfortable with yourself and you don't care to talk about it with people and all this stuff. Me, with my various jobs and, and, and all this stuff, I've not, never really had the, the pleasure or leisure of, of just having that conversation every day. Since March of 2020, when Travel Channel aired These Woods Are Haunted, it's been a little bit more open in my life. I have people, you know, even, even at my normal job, uh, I have people come up to me and say, hey, you look so familiar. And I'm like, yeah, I get that a lot. And then they'll, <laughs> they'll go on and go on, and all of a sudden it dawns on them. You know, well, I've seen your episode of These Woods Are Haunted, which, by the way, folks, I'm doing a little brag here, is the most watched episode of These Woods Are Haunted to date. Um, it's, it's very entertaining. Um, I can tell you with 100% certainty that everything, about 95% of it, about 95% of everything that happened on the show happened that night. The other five percent is built up for TV, and everybody get has to has to understand that they will they will build stuff up. Uh, you know, Gwendolyn and I, Gwendolyn and I were talking one day, and she said, "You know, we never ran." And I said, "I know we didn't run. I never said we ran. You never said we ran. Kenny never said we ran." But in the TV show, they have to build that up. And make it look like we were scared out of our skin. And that night, we were. It was, it was a terrifying, it was the most terrifying experience I have ever had in the woods. Uh, and not, not because of Bigfoot, but because I had two people that I loved and cared about that I put them in that situation. And I was deathly terrified something was going to happen to one of them. Me. Right. Oh, well, I don't care. I mean, I do care. I, I, let me retract that. I care if something happens to me. I like living. I plan on living until the day I die. But you put people in that situation, you are to blame if something happens to them. Right. And that was, I, I couldn't imagine a world without Kenny or Gwendolyn, either one. Even today, I could not imagine a world without either one of them. And it could have very, very easily went from these was are haunted to missing 411 very easily and very quickly. Um, so you got to keep that in your mind. But going back to the whole whatever you call it, um, I, I do not consider myself a celebrity at all. Now, these conferences and stuff that Daniel and I are speaking at, they've got us. Uh, on the bill as celebrity guests. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. When, you, when you meet us at the East Tennessee Bigfoot Festival, you're going to say, yeah, these guys aren't aren't celebrities. These guys are a couple of knuckleheads that are burning up in the August heat in East Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll learn that we're just a couple, uh, you know, average Joe clowns out there that like to enjoy life, and we love Bigfoot and like to have a good time. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's entertaining for me and Daniel both to be in the woods at the same time with each other. I mean, there's videos all all out through there of him and I out there. And we've been squatching together several times. And the best thing is when Zach Starrick is with us. And <laughs> yeah. When, when he goes full-on Grizzly Adams in the woods, and I'm standing there in shorts and a T-shirt looking at him like I could kill him. That's the <laughs> moment where everybody starts laughing and cutting up. But that's what this is about, folks. This Bigfoot research, yes, we are very serious about the subject. And when stuff happens, we are dead on it. And we it, we go from, you know, we're out having fun to, okay, this is serious. We need to record do whatever we need to do. But poor Ozak, man, he catches hell from me more than anybody when we're out in the woods. And, you know, a couple years ago, I was up there in Virginia. And um, we were getting ready to do the ECBR Bigfoot Conference. And Zach come, Daniel comes up and he goes, hey, we're going out tonight. You want to go with us? I'm like, yeah, sure. I don't care. I'll drive. So me and Daniel and there's a couple other people standing there. I think Alex Bob was there with me. Yeah, Alex went with us. Yeah, he was there. And, yeah. And we, uh, we were standing out there waiting on Zach. Okay, folks. It's June, middle of June, by the way. It is no less than 110 degrees in the shade where we're at. It was was hot and humid, yeah. (laughs) So Daniel and I, we're standing there. I think Daniel's wearing wearing britches. I'm I'm wearing shorts. I always wear shorts. Um, Shorts and hiking boots. Uh, Alex is standing there. He's in shorts and T-shirt. And here comes Zach. And he's wearing, and I kid you not, a thermal, a pair of overalls, and a cowboy hat. Yep. And And the first thing, I'm not going to say what I said, but it was because it's very, very explicit. But I said, what in the (laughs) are you wearing? (laughs) And he said, this is what I always wear. I said, well, you're going to die of a heat stroke. And we get out there to Daniel's research area. And there's a whole group of people there. Everybody's wearing shorts, T-shirts, all this stuff. Zach's the only one dressed like it's like it's negative 10. He's dressed like he is going on a Yeti expedition in the Himalayas. <laughs> it, the, even the flies are sweating. I mean, it is so hot. And so we go up. And nothing crazy happened that night. We heard a couple of whoops. Um, we heard the whippoorwills. Yeah. The whippoorwills still throw me off to this day because I cannot explain that away. And, and to give you all a little bit of, uh, a, little bit of a, a short story about that. So the whippoorwills were whippoorwilling, and then all of a sudden it was like something that was moving and they were giving each other signals 
it wasn't us because we were all all grouped together in two different groups. Yeah. But the whippoorwills would would start calling out, and all of a sudden they'd stop, and the other ones would start, and it was like something was moving uh, amongst them. And then we heard what I consider a whoop, definite, definite whoop. That's when Zach disappeared on us. He, yeah, he went he, off. He went off he, in no man's land. Yep. <laughs> yeah, over there in the direction where he split off and went into. Now I don't think there was anybody over there, but for the longest time there was a guy that was camping out there. You know, uh, his. Oh truck, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes his truck, if he if he was, sometimes his trucks parked out where we were parked. But yeah. If, I actually ran into him one day when I was going through those woods one time, but yeah. And I talked to him. Yeah. He said, I, he said, I stay out here, but you know, maybe two weeks at a time I'll go away and then come back, you know, but the band basically was living out there on and off, <laughs> you know? So, but I mean, he wasn't poor or homeless. So that was something he liked to do and had the time to do it, you know? So. Yeah. But, and then we also had the, the, the couple that was about a mile from us that not, and they're not very big fans of ours. Oh, um, yeah. And and that was one thing that kept in the back of my mind. You know, this guy, and I'm not saying no names on here. I, I, it ain't that I care, but I, I will say this. There's some people out there. I'm not scared of no man. I'm scared of some people's actions. And this right. is the kind of guy that would actually uh, – that would actually – intentionally unintentionally hurt someone else uh and that guy is is a danger to not only himself but others around him uh his mental state is 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 very very bad and um not only to the basic public and society but the bigfoot world and stuff we all in the Bigfoot world know this guy and we're all the kind of the same way, you know, this guy's unhinged. Um, and he comes up with some of, I'm open-minded. Don't get me wrong. I am, I'm as open-minded as it gets. You tell me that you saw a Bigfoot coming through a portal by hell. You saw a Bigfoot coming through a portal. However, when you tell me there's a 20 foot Bigfoot walking around you and his name is Hank and they <laughs> talk to you and all this stuff and, Blarty, 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 I start fading off. And then, you know, maybe this guy is, maybe, maybe there is. I'm not saying there isn't. But I, during my presentation at the ECBRO Bigfoot Conference, I will break something down to you all about size proportions and just how much. A twenty-foot Bigfoot would weigh how how big that Bigfoot would actually be, for the most part. And this is North America; they're anywhere from the three-foot-tall range all the way up to about the twelve-foot-tall range. The ones that I've heard of, the ones that I've heard eyewitness accounts of, most of them are below ten foot. Every now and then you'll get one that's about 11 or 12 foot. Right. But folks, a 12 foot creature is 
I mean, a giraffe, a full full grown giraffe stands at fourteen feet. So, just two foot shy of a full grown giraffe, giraffe is what you're looking at. It's not. Yeah. It's not out of the realm of possibilities. Yeah. Now, some of the eyewitness reports that I've actually gathered over the years, assuming that their estimated heights were pretty accurate, because you know some of them I was able to get in position where they had had their sightings, and you know. Oh, I would raise my hand and they would give me, okay, yep, it was about the top of the head was right there. And then, you know, I would open my hands to the width. And so, you know, based off of some of these descriptions and, you know, details that were shared with me, again, assuming that they were close to being accurate, I know here in Virginia, I have yet to hear of anything bigger, but on average, Bigfoot reports here average anywhere from seven to eight feet tall. I mean, sure, I'm sure that maybe there is a little bigger, but. Seven to eight foot range is what I've been gathering. Um, now, the encounter that we had back in 2014, the biggest one, yeah, we did an estimate the day the day it happened, the night it happened, I should say. We went back and did a day comparison, I mean, excuse me, a height comparison the next day. And, yeah, we were pretty accurate. We had people standing out on the edge of the forest road, and we got into position where we saw them. And... Yeah, everything seemed to line up to what we estimated and based off the eye shines that we were seeing that night. And yeah, I mean, it was four feet, six foot, and eight feet tall. So, well, so yeah, that's that's like me. You know, I do the same thing when I talk to eyewitnesses and and uh, people who have encounters with them. And you know, I'm 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 a short man. I'm I'm five foot eight. Um, I have actually a seven foot reach though. It's actually a little bit over seven foot so i've got really long arms short legs just how i made just how god made i'm made in his image so (laughs) uh people make fun of me all the time but when you get to to heaven and god's a short little fat dude with uh, with a dad bod and long arms then then you'll you'll have to answer to it but um (laughs) the the fact of the matter is though is i have a seven foot reach like i said give a little bit more than that but i i said it right at the seven foot reach so here, you know, East Tennessee, Kentucky, East Kentucky, they're anywhere from six foot tall to nine foot tall. The one, mm. the one, well, good example, Glenn Mink and myself, we had that, that encounter back in 2015. And it, the two that we saw, one was in the six foot range. It's just a little, just a little taller than me, just, just a hair taller than me. It was, skinny though it was it looked like it it was malnourished and but the other one that was standing beside of it when we got to where the the six foot tall one ran to that one was in the nine foot ten foot range easily now fast forward to the uh october 6 2018 when the these woods are haunted encounter happened the trail that we were on was eight foot wide and whenever we started making our way on out of there during the whole encounter, I did turn and look over my shoulder and shine my flashlight and one stepped across the, the trail behind us a good distance away from us, but still within that light shine, uh, one step took an eight foot stride step out and it wasn't running. Um, it was, it was walking. And that's when I went up to Gwen and Kenny, which everybody's going to get to hear the whole story about that night 
at the EC Barrow Conference, but when I got up to him, I said, we've got to go, go, go. And we we didn't run. We briskly walked on out of there. But um, it goes back to that that big joke everybody in the Bigfoot community has. You know, it's in it's an inside joke, folks. You know, and we ask we ask each other and ourselves, you know, here we are looking for Bigfoot. What are we going to do one day when we actually find one? And, yeah. you know, it, it, in that, in, it's funny, but then you start really thinking about it. You know, what if? Oh, what, yeah. What if we have that 100%, no doubt about it, with proof and everything, we have it. And I don't know of anybody in the Bigfoot community at all that has their plan that far ahead yet. And yeah, I don't. I'll tell you 100%. Take pictures, take videos, hope to God it don't rip my arms off and beat me to death with them. Right. <laughs> yeah, we can only hope that it's a safe, friendly encounter. <laughs> yeah, and you know, with I mentioned it earlier, but the like David Pilatus and stuff and the four, uh, missing 411, Folks, if you've never read the books or watched the watched the shows on Amazon, you really do need to sit down and watch that. Especially if you're getting into just now getting into the Bigfoot world, because these are things that can and maybe do happen hundreds of times a year. People just go missing, man, and you know there's no there's there's no explanation for it and no traces. Uh, no, uh, there's one in one of his books. It was not. It wasn't on one of the TV shows or on the on one of the documentaries. But there's one in one of his books. He talks about a guy. He uh, they found his car. It was out in Oregon somewhere, and they found his car. His car had ran out of gas. He had. He was on video like twenty, thirty miles before that at a gas station. Put like thirty, forty dollars back when gas was gas was affordable um put 20 or 30 dollars in his car filled it up right there at that gas station drove 15 20 miles into the woods they found his car door open the car was out of gas it had run out of gas he no footprints no nothing the man just poof gone now some people even myself i will say could it be aliens, especially the last couple of years with the Pentagon and the Navy? You know, they they were they they had to release all this information and the Navy, you know, I the alien thing got my attention when the head admiral of the Navy goes, we don't know what this is. And we're talking about a man who's got. 40 years experience on a boat, military service, knows everything about everything that flies or swims, and he couldn't tell us what it is. And that got my attention quick. But, you know, in the Pilatus books, in the, in the Missing 401 books, there are stories about hikers and stuff just gone. And yeah, I mean, David even says it in, in his... He, Here's the thing. In the Missing 401 books, 
He never mentions Bigfoot. Never says it. He lays out facts to you. Now, the way you weave that story is all up to you. He'll lay out a fact to you, though. The only time Bigfoot is mentioned is in the, uh, the documentary Missing 411, The Hunted. At the very end of it, it has my personal hero, Ronald Moorhead, who spoke at the ECBR Bigfoot Conference first year. Uh, yep. He is on the very end of that documentary, and he's talking about the Sierra Sounds. And that's the only time that Bigfoot is actually mentioned in any of the series or, or anything. But it's never mentioned in, in the books. But there's there's certain things that happen out in these woods that, you know, and when you get to breaking it down, it don't happen one or two times a year. It happens hundreds of times a year. People just poof, gone. So I very highly recommend people that get that are getting into the Bigfoot world, wanting to be a researcher. I I commend you for it. I encourage you for it. I I think the more the merrier because here's straight facts. Daniel Benoit, myself, Ronald Moorhead, uh, Todd Neese, Ed Brown, uh, Mark DeWorth, all of us, we one day we'll get old. And, and you know, unfortunately, we will die. Somebody will have to carry on our torch. Now, that's not saying that we won't find that definitive proof between now and then. But I am saying that somebody has to keep keep it going uh one of my dearest friends in this world a uh, member of the kentucky bigfoot research organization headed by charlie raymond uh the reverend don neal announced three days ago that he is retiring from the bigfoot research world and you know he he laid it out like this and you know in don's world words getting old i've got other things to worry about he's running a church full-time and he's got He's got all this stuff that he's got to do, and he cannot give the he cannot give Bigfoot research the time that it deserves and needs. And he's retiring, and that's sad. I mean, you know, one day we'll all give it up. One day we won't be able to take our walkers out in the woods, and that's that's just life, man. You know it it goes back. We're not the first generation of Bigfoot researchers, y'all. Daniel and I are actually about the fourth. If you really get down the history, we're about the fourth generation of Bigfoot researchers. And it's not just been going on since 1967. It was going on a long time before that. Yeah, oh, for sure. And I'll talk about that in my presentation, too, about, about the history of Bigfoot research and stuff, but... You know, the epic return of Cook Cryptid Research is, is right there on the horizon. I've got a few things I've got to really pin down first and and get going before all that comes back. But I can guarantee you this one thing, and Daniel's the first one to ever get this piece of information from me. By next year, 2023... Not only will Cook Cryptid Research be back in full swing with, with he heading up the research efforts, but Kentucky will have a home to come to for Bigfoot researchers and enthusiasts alike, share their stories, 
and their experiences and listen to others. And that will be in Harlan, Kentucky. And it will be open year-round, seven days a week. Thanksgiving and Christmas will not be open. But I can't say what it is, but I can say that there is going to be a home for people like us to retreat to, 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 to form camaraderie and relationships within four walls. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I want to come down now. <laughs> I mean, I'm already I'm already intrigued. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel's got a full, full 100% anytime invite to my home. So, you know, yeah, we were, we were together uh, back in March, wouldn't we? Was it March? Um, oh, well, down in Tennessee? Yeah, yeah. We got we, to hang out with a Bigfoot. We got to hang out with an actual seven-foot-tall Bigfoot. Yeah, that dude was tall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He walked, yeah. he walked past us before he had the suit on. He walked past us, and I look at Daniel. I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah, he needs a little meat on the bones, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he – I, 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 I dread it for him, man, like in August because he's wearing that suit. And, folks, I'm not going to tell you about the suit, but the suit is phenomenal. It's a homemade suit. I think it's pretty cool looking. <laughs> it is very cool looking. And Josh worked very, very hard on that suit. And it's for the East Tennessee Bigfoot Conf- uh, Bigfoot Festival. But that poor guy that's got to wear that suit that day. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's going to be a 1,000 degrees in that suit. And you know they were talking about adding cushion in there? Or as far as at least some shoulder pads for, you know, like football shoulder pads to add a little bulk to it, you know. See, there's no but, way. He'll die. Like yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to be on medical medical duty all day that day monitoring him. And, uh, <laughs> like I know, like down at Disney World and places like that, I, my my aunt was the lead makeup artist and hairstylist for Disney for twenty years. But uh, I know, like the people that wear the character costumes and stuff in the Florida heat, they're allowed ten minutes in those in those costumes at a time. Wow. Now some of them now have like uh radiator suits in a uh, radiator kind of suits in them where oh like, yeah it, it runs like cool water all over the suit like in little tubes and stuff and okay. keeps them from dying but back you know 30 years ago before that ever happened before they come out man people would drop you know you'd be over there hanging out with goofy and all of a sudden goofy would drop I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, wow. that that's terrifying for a kid. But, yeah, they figured it out. But 10 minutes at a time in the suits that don't have the radiator suits in them. And yeah. then even when the, with the ones that's got the cooling suits on them, they still can't be in them for no longer than 30 or 40 minutes. Um, but, yeah, he's going to have to take a break every five minutes, dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know, uh, yeah, backward at the first event, we uh a friend of Brianna's was in the Bigfoot costume that we had uh then. Actually that was Jennifer McDaniel's Bigfoot costume she brought up so we could have one and and uh and this kid here, you know, he was kind of a tall kid, you know, and he wasn't skinny either, but I noticed he sweated so much and he was inside the venue and he sweated so much the sweat was coming through the Bigfoot costume. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, it's like me, man. I mean I couldn't do it. Somebody 
asked me a while back if uh, I'd be interested in and wearing one of those and and uh, just just for like a birthday party or something. I was like, no, hell no, I ain't yeah. doing that. I'm uh, I'm too fat for one, and and I like staying cool. Mm-mm. Yeah, no. Yeah, now me and Jessica, uh, well, we we uh, we got we both got we got one. Uh, she had ordered one for me and one for her, and they're the Jack Link style ones. But here's the thing: if you ever notice, a lot of the people with Jack Link's costumes, uh, they're usually scrawny, you know. Or we had them perfectly custom made because the website she ordered on, you have to have almost every inch of your body measured out, mm-hmm. and and I noticed. There was one time I got to try mine on. I actually got pictures of me wearing the costume, and it was actually when we were down in, uh, oh, it was out, uh, when we went out to West Virginia because we brought it with us. And um, so the place that we stayed at, I went and tried it on. And I love the way it fits on me because, you know, it actually fills in. It actually looks like like a real thing almost, you know. I mean, um, I don't know. It's just um, – yeah, I just love the way it fits because it's like, like I said, there's plenty of room in it, and you know, I mean, it's it doesn't crank, you know, crinkle up or nothing. It just it stays full on you. It makes you look like you're you got muscle tone, like you're a real creature, you know. Uh, yeah. So I yeah, I know. I looked into um, I looked into actually hiring the Jack Links guy. Um, to uh, do an event one time, I was planning, and that didn't. Nothing ever came of it. But dude, it's ridiculous how much they actually charge for that. There's two guys that do it uh, for the commercials. Mm. Um, it's like ten thousand dollars a day, and they can only be in the costume, like like we're talking. They can only be in the costume for thirty minutes at a time. Then they have to take an hour break. Yeah, and. Um, you know, for ten grand, I could do a whole lot of other stuff with that. But, right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're gonna have Bigfoot uh, or big big feet there at the ECBR, right? Oh yeah, um, yeah, we'll have my costume there. Uh, Brianna's boyfriend Michael, uh, he will be wearing the costume, and then we have the CAR CARC team coming down, and out of that group is uh, Miss Gwendolyn Purcell. Uh, she had actually asked me if they could bring their Bigfoot costume so her husband could wear it. And so it's a different style costume than what I got. So, yeah, I think that would be great. I told her, I said, please do. I said, the more the merrier, you know. So, so yeah, we'll definitely have two different Bigfoots. And, uh, and then got one guy coming down from, uh, I think he's located out of, out of New York. He's going to come down. You may remember him. His name is Ted Van Son. Uh, yeah, he was at. Okay. Now he's he's coming down, and the thing is, he had offered or mentioned, but I don't think it, he doesn't have no confirmation on it yet. But he was going to try to get uh, Buddy the Bigfoot, which I've heard of him. I've seen pictures of that, but um, I thought that would be cool if we get Buddy the Bigfoot down there. But so far, he doesn't know about getting him down there, but. But we're definitely going to get Ted down here. Ted, Ted will be joining us again, so that'll be awesome to see him. So, so speaking of speaking of events and stuff, you know, I'll, I'll plug a few that I'm going to be at. So the first first off is going to be the ECBRO Bigfoot uh, Conference, Virginia Conference. Um, yeah, be there with Daniel and them. 
I think I'm speaking at 2 or 2.30 or something like that around the uh, time Todd Neese comes off stage. Uh, then I'll be at the booth all day long after that. Um, then uh, I'm taking the whole month of July off for something something pretty cool. Um, I can't I, I can't divulge what, what I'm doing, but I will say this. Uh, These Wizard Haunted is not the only thing that you'll see me on. Uh, oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. The whole month of July is booked for me right now. So that um, that ends, and then I've got August twenty seventh, the um, East Tennessee first annual East Tennessee Bigfoot Festival, and that's going to be in Morristown, Tennessee, along with Rodney Adams, uh, Daniel Benoit, um, the North Carolina Squatch Watchers. Yeah, if you if you've not met these guys. Let me tell you, it's a pleasure. Um, you get them and 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 myself and Daniel in the same building. They're they're going to be at the ECBR one, right? They're emceeing it. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: they are going to be emceeing my event, but they're also um, they're also going to be speaking now. Okay. So. Yep. You got those guys that's going to be there. Ken Garahard is going to be at the East Tennessee Bigfoot Conference or Bigfoot Festival. A uh, whole crap ton of celebrities. I cannot name them all off. Uh, Turtle Man, Ernie Brown from Kentucky. You know him from uh, Call of the Call of the Wild Man on Animal Planet. He's going to be there. He's going to be around me all day. Um, if you've not met Turtle Man, I'm going to tell you right now. Get ready. It is an absolute fantastic time. Uh, so full of energy. Such a nice guy. You've got Coy. Uh, Coy Duke from the Dukes of Hazard, he's going to be there. Uh, the team from Lizard Lick Towing is going to be there. Um, Outlaw Paranormal, uh, those guys are making their their way through the paranormal world right now, uh, up and coming. Um, that there's way too many to mention. Uh, my friend, personal buddy of mine, Jeffrey Anderson, and the uh, and his band is going to be there. Andy Griggs, country music legend, is going to be there. Um, they've got tickets on sale right now for that. Um, and they've got special meet and greet stuff where you'll be able to go uh, go out to, uh, I started to say the name of the restaurant, but I can't. So don't say the name of the restaurant uh, uh, if you know where it's at already. But Daniel and I will be there. Uh, it's a, it's a eat and greet. So you'll be able to eat with us and, and talk and you'll get to see Daniel shove a, shove a burger the size of a uh, steering wheel in his mouth and not oh make one crumb. If it's the place you're talking about, that place was freaking amazing. <laughs> it was, it was, it was. Yes. Uh, that was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good, man. So, uh, there's food vendors. There's, there's all kinds of stuff for all ages no matter where you're from, whatever, the East Tennessee Bigfoot Festival. And it's at Cherokee Park in Morristown, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and August 27th. And uh, August 26th, we'll actually be there. I don't know if Josh has talked to you yet. Yes, yes. He had mentioned me earlier. Yeah. Okay. He did me too. I think he, I think he sent us the same one about setting up. We'll, so Daniel and I will be there the day before for a few hours. Uh, I think they're doing a special meet and greet kind of deal. Yeah, and, now, you mentioned twelve to four, but we could probably stay set up 
whatever as long as we want he did mention because uh wow. gonna be the 12 to 8 he said something about something else i don't know i know that there's gonna be security there so i'm leaving my booth just the way it is and yeah, cause uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I I thought they mentioned there maybe because I know Jessica's gonna set up too. They uh, they told me that she could set up because she's got a lot. This she's gonna be set up right there at the pavilion. So I mean, um, she's got a a big space. She she's setting up. So. I uh I have all my uh, I have all my events listed on uh, com. So anybody that wants to go on there and look at dates, I can't. Remember right off what the dates are off the top of my head. I should have wrote those down, but I've got everything. Technology is both my friend and enemy because I've got everything written down and, and scheduled into my calendar. And yeah. I know about something about a week ahead of time. So uh, it's just, yeah, that's the way I work. But I'm the same the, way. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's great in a way and it's awful in another way. But, after the East Tennessee Bigfoot Festival, I will be at the Baileyton uh, celebration. That is in Baileyton, Tennessee, just outside of Greenville, Tennessee. Um, then after that, I've got Hazard Fest, uh, and that's the Dukes of Hazard uh, Festival that goes on in Greenville, Tennessee. And there's probably a few more. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, if you go to sawsquatch.com and that's S O S S S Q U A T C H.com and scroll down the home page, you'll see all the events listed that I'm going to be appearing at. And um, then uh, whatever's going on in July should be out. I don't know. It took the took the these woods are haunted like two years to come out. So I'm I'm gonna say hopefully something that's going on in July will be out in next year around this time. But yeah. who knows? Um that's why I'm not saying a whole lot about it. Uh at that and I'm under contract. I can't mention any kind of name or anything. But okay. um the uh I'm I'm currently booking events, so if anybody's uh, anybody wants Cook Cryptid Research, uh, Michael Cook, the Bigfoot Experience. If you've not seen my presentation that I put on, then uh, you're missing out. Is all I can tell you. Uh, yeah. I worked I worked very hard. From an honest opinion, Daniel, tell him about my presentation. Well, I, I was going to put it down like this. Uh, is very informative. Is very entertaining and educational, all combined. Uh, Michael Cook will keep your attention from start to finish, so, and I do it completely butt naked. Um, that's the <laughs> that's the best part with Sasquatch smeared all over you, all over, <laughs> all over. Yeah. That's that's exactly what I was getting ready to say. I, I smear a Sasquatch over me, and then if I start losing your attention, we release a bear, and the bear comes in and licks all the Sasquatch off of me. Sure, Peter's got a problem with it, but oh well. Uh, well, I tell you what, you know, <laughs> you know this this episode once once it's set on and published on Anchor, it's played on several different platforms, and my listenership is in. I, I don't know. I lost count of all the different countries. I, uh, under my an- analytics, it lets me know, and it like I have listeners all across the world. So the outsiders, they're gonna be like, "Damn Americans, what's wrong with them?" <laughs> <laughs> 
Yep. I've noticed, like, I was talking to Thomas Markham one day about that, about, uh, and he actually showed me, like, he has all these little uh, Bigfoot documentaries and stuff out, and he showed me his, uh, his viewers where, where they're at and stuff. Like, it don't show your name or anything, but it shows, like, locations of, uh, and countries and stuff. There is a great, like, Bigfoot following, like, in the Netherlands, like, in Denmark, and places like that, that, oh, yeah, yeah, like Thomas, Thomas is a buddy of mine. He's, you know, but I don't, I see Thomas at Walmart and I'm like, Hey Thomas, what's up? But you put him out of here and, and put him like in the Netherlands. That guy is like Johnny Depp. Like he is super duper like famous. And I'm like, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, how, what do they think about us? You know, like, Am I going to take a trip one day and go to uh, to Amsterdam or something like that? People's going to be like, "Oh, Michael Cook." <laughs> I, 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 oh know, my! I, it terrifies me to be honest with you. Yeah, my largest listenership is, of course, based out of the United States and Canada. But then there was like the other percentages fall from all these other places. I was like, I was, man, Italy, France. I mean. I, you name it, it's probably listed under there. I mean, I have there's several different countries that I've had people tune in, and I was like, "Holy crap!" <laughs> so I, uh, it's it's very interesting. So <laughs> I, I do have to uh, get a give a plug out to D and D Outdoors, uh, some friends of mine that uh, uh, that run this uh, uh, little thing called Headline Outdoors. You can find it on Fire TV, um, and they do a D and D Outdoors podcast. That's Dustin and Dale. Um, very good friends of mine. Dustin is the proud owner of a uh, variety pack of sausage wash that got sent out today. Um, also, the uh, East Tennessee uh, Bigfoot Festival that's going on August 27th. Uh, our friend Josh is is running that along with our buddy Wayne, and these guys are are just just hometown guys. They're great. Uh, Josh came through for me a few weeks ago. Uh, he had to go. Uh, well, there was there was some bad bad storms hit East Tennessee, and I was out of town. And I called Josh to go check on our our place at the lake. And Josh Facetimed me uh, from from there, and he was like, "Hey man, it's bad." And you know, he got us hooked up with the right people, and and all that stuff. But I could never thank Josh uh, enough for what he's done for me personally. Um, and then, uh, you know, with this with this East Tennessee Bigfoot Conference, the ECBR Bigfoot Conference, folks, we're just regular people. You know, Daniel's got a normal job. I've got a normal job. You know, most of these people have normal jobs. When you when you get into looking at what Bigfoot researchers actually do for a living and find out that we don't really big. We don't really research Bigfoot for a living, which I wish we could. Yeah, I think some uh, people get that impression, though. Like, that's all we do, you know. Because I, well, I get people message me and stuff all the time. And it's like, hey, man, I don't have time to respond to you. I'm, I'm busy at work, you know. I, I even though I got my phone with me and I'm on the road half the time. But, you know. <laughs> well, that's me. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm always near my phone. I've always got my phone in my back pocket. But there's there's times when when i can talk about it there's times when i can't right you know it's like ken gerhardt i mean a lot of people think that he's professional bigfoot hunter he's not he he is a he is a zookeeper uh, oh wow i did yeah 
Yeah, he's the zookeeper at the San Antonio Zoo. Well, uh, how cool is that? That's still Todd, cool. <laughs> uh, Todd Neese, that's going to be speaking at the UCBRO event. He was, uh, he's an Army veteran. If you yeah. see Todd, if you see Todd at the, at the event, walk up to him, shake his hand, thank him for his service. Absolutely. He's a good, he's a good, good man, and he spent most of his life in the Army. And, you know, he just has retired just recently, the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, you know, you got, you got the guys from the Squatch Watchers. You know, they, they do everything from real estate to, to uh, working in factories uh, and, and this and that. But we are not paid Bigfooters. It's that, I don't know if that's even a thing. I mean, even yeah. if you are on TV, you're not being paid to research Bigfoot. You're being paid to make a TV show. Right. So that being said, you know, we in personal circles, I divulge what I do for a living. And, you know, I've said a little bit and people can put two and two together. If you got me on Facebook, you know. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, I'll tell people all the time that I'm a bartender. And I am. That's not a lie. Yeah. I'm a bartender. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm like an onion. I, there are so many different layers to me, and Daniel's the same way. Uh, Daniel's a grandpa. He's a he's a dad. He's a he's a he's a boyfriend. He's a friend, and all the way down to the bottom of that list, Daniel Benoit, Bigfoot researcher. But it's nowhere near the top, and it's just like Michael Cook, Bigfoot oh, yeah. researcher, is all the way to the bottom. Absolutely. And, you know, I have no problem going out of my way to try to help people. I get questioned all the time. I get emails. People have questions, regardless of if it's about upcoming events or something I'm hosting or to a simple question. I get people wanting to know, you know, Bigfoot research related questions, which is great. And I'll respond to them when I can to the, you know, to the best of my ability, you know, and I, 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 I adore all that, you know, although it can be overwhelming sometimes, but I welcome it. You know, I don't want people to feel like they can't come to me about whatever. I mean, I want to be able to, yeah, I want to be able to be there, you know, and, uh, you know, yeah, some people I can get to them right away. You know, it depends on what I'm doing, where I'm at and what's going on. And, um, you know, in a lot of, a lot of us that go to these events to speak, uh, yeah, there's a lot of these veteran speakers, you know, they get paid big time money. Um, you know, a lot of times because there are celebrities that have been on TV and they got a name for themselves from being on TV. And, you know, and here's the thing. I got invited to come speak to uh, at a public library at an event that this lady hosts. She's a uh, she's a librarian and she has classes and she's recently been doing Bigfoot stuff, which is very fun. She makes it fun for the kids. And she asked me if I would come speak to a group of young people and their parents about Bigfoot, you know? And I was like, wow, I looked into her. She is legit. I was like, I just thought it was kind of rare, you know, like, okay, this is kind of weird, but you know, I mean, I've held my own library lectures. You've been, you've been to them and you spoke at them. And, um, but yeah, I actually found this very encouraging that, you know, I'll be speaking to a group of young people. There'll be some, you know, like I said, adults there as well. And it's open to the public. And this is in Southwest Virginia. So this is going to be happening in July. So, um, and she asked me, the lady asked me, she said, how much do you charge? 
I said, I don't charge anything right now. I said, you know, I said, depending on the distance, if you're, if you could provide lodging, I, that's, you know, I appreciate that. If not, I'll still work with you. You know, I said, you know, lodging in most places. And that's how it is in most places I go to speak at. So if they can cover my lodging, that's all I ask for. I don't ask for extra money. Sometimes, yes, it, with these times, it's, I, I feel almost guilty. I said, yeah. I said, cause I, if I, if I do start asking for a speaker's fee, it's going to be very minimal, you know, but I prefer not to, if I could help it, you know, but things are getting much more expensive these days, you know, travel and well, that's, gas. that's me. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't charge to speak, but you know, lodging and stuff like that. Uh, if you can't provide it, then try to get me severely discounted lodging. Yeah. And you know, if I've had people do me the same way, well, how much do you charge? You know, I don't charge anything. I charge, uh, you give me a booth and let me sell whatever I want to sell there. And, uh, you know, then we'll go from there. And I, I'll tell you, like at the ECBRO event, you've got so much to look at and buy. Uh, at my booth, particularly, you'll have uh, tumblers, Bigfoot tumblers, uh, coffee mugs and stuff. There'll be T-shirts. There'll be soft squatch. There'll be uh, keychains. Uh, none of my footprints are for sale right now. Uh, in fact, I'm in the process of trying to get some replicated to put on sale. But there is a collection of Bigfoot footprints from around the world. That, and one in particular, I'm the only one in possession of. It is a it is a 100 percent uh, factual footprint from the Orin Pendek and um, it is the fir- is the only cast that's ever been cast like this and I'm the only one in the world that's got possession of it and you can only see it where I'm at um, so uh, another thing I've got a contest going on right now folks that if you go on Sasquatch Facebook page you have to like it you have to share the top post that says contest time and put yourself in the hat for winning a completely random. It's, 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 it's completely random how I pick it. I don't, I've got everybody that shares and comments written down with a number on them. And whenever I hit the randomizer on the app, it's going to pull out a number and that's, who's going to win a variety pack of soft squatch to be sent to you free of charge. Um, and I will actually, be holding a contest the day of the ECBR Bigfoot conference to give away a four pack also. Uh, but you have to come by my booth and you have to talk to me and fill out a little piece of paper and I'll draw it. I won't draw it out of a hat. I will make somebody from the audience or whatever during the uh, Q and a draw it out of the hat. But in order to win, you have to be there all day and, or at least up until we draw it. Yeah, uh, another contest going on. It's not been officially announced yet. Uh, we talked about it a little bit, but we will be doing a. Uh, well, I'll say this: we're hoping to get it figured out. But as of right now, we will be doing a squatching with the squatchers uh, the night or the weekend of the East Tennessee Bigfoot Festival. Uh, you have to go to their Facebook page and look at all the details and stuff. Uh, I don't know if Josh has got all the details worked out yet, but 
that one is a little bit more um it's a little bit more detailed on what you have to do so it's not really a contest you can buy into this or you can enter into it or whatever i think it's going with, i think they figured out that they're going to go with ticket sales and they're going to have a special ticket on sale that says you know this is your this is your ticket uh to be entered into a chance to go squatching with the squatchers that weekend uh, and we will have uh there'll there'll be a couple of groups of us but you have to sign a liability waiver you have to sign a non-disclosure waiver and all this stuff and that's not only to protect us but it's to protect you and protect the bigfoots so that being said there's a lot that goes into bigfoot research and you're stomping around in the middle of august in east tennessee you sign that waiver there's a, and it says on that waiver, I've got one printed off, ready to send to Josh and mass copy. It does say it. You will encounter wildlife, well, be it snakes, bears, whatever. And all that does is say you understand 100% that you could be bit by a rattlesnake or a copperhead. You could encounter a bear. Uh, we will have bear spray on us because East Tennessee is eat up with white bears. Oh, yeah. Um, Same here in Virginia. They're notorious. <laughs> yep. Kentucky's eat up the black bear. So it's just for your protection. But everybody, every team member, every team leader will have a bottle of bear spray with them. And your chances of encountering a bear is a lot better than encountering a Bigfoot. I'll say that right now. Especially there. Because it's so vast that Bigfoot's roam. But in the event we encounter a bear, we will tell you what to do. So that's how that's that's what happens. But Daniel is a wildlife researcher, as am I. I've stood toe to toe with a Northern California brown bear in 2018, three days after Daniel Benoit's ECBRO Bigfoot Conference, the first annual one. Jeff, uh, uh, my friend Jeff and I stood toe-to-toe with an eight-foot-tall brown bear not a quarter of a mile from the Paris and Gimlin film site. Wow. Three days after his event. So it will happen. You will encounter wildlife. And the waiver just states that you understand that. There's medical... uh, Med- uh, members of the medical community that's going to be there along uh, myself along with others we know what to do with the snake bite we know what to do with bear uh, with uh with bear encounter so it just states that you know the dangers and if something happens you can't sue us <laughs> right yeah yeah good thing about bears but you know you can't always trust them they're wildlife and you know in most cases, bears usually they they send they they'll get a send of you most of the time long before you get to see them. But uh, I know most of the bear sightings and encounters I've had by the time I've already seen them, they're already going in the other direction. I mean, that's both day and night, you know. So, <laughs> well, but, uh, that that little deal that happened with me and Jeff Ellis out there, you know, we're we're in the middle of Six Rivers National Forest, Northern California. And honest to God, 
nobody knew where we were. And it was one of those deals when we left, when I left Virginia that day, I, I came to, I came to Tennessee. I met with Jeff and we left right then and there. We went to, uh, went to California and, you know, nobody, we, we, I was like, I kept on posting Facebook posts and I was like, Hey, you won't believe where we're going. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll send, share pictures and video later, but I never did say where we were. And we got thinking about that later. We're down in Redding, uh, California, staying stay the night. And we're sitting there, and I'm like, you know, that little deal that happened, if something, you know, uh, unfortunate would have happened that today, nobody would have known where to look for us. Oh, and, yeah. And that, man, that, that freaked me out for a while. Oh, yeah. I, I can imagine. Um, but I'll talk about that little soiree whenever <laughs> I speak. Uh, the the bear it was it was crazy um, yeah and if you, uh, uh two years ago at the ECBRO event I talked about the bear incident and the closest I've ever been to uh, to to becoming uh, a meal for something yeah. that that yeah that little encounter right there man to this day I look over my shoulder and think that bear's behind me yeah <laughs> but yeah, you were almost Yogi Bear's picnic basket. <laughs> yeah, man, it was, it, and I got video proof of all this. this. Is what the craziest thing is, and wow. the commentary behind it is hilarious because I I say something and Jeff says something back, and we just kind of laugh, and then it kind of goes silent because we're both like, <laughs> "Oh God, we're going to die." <laughs> <laughs> oh mine. So it was one of those deals. But like I said, if you go on softsquatch.com, scroll down the home screen, you'll see the events and all that listed there. And I'll go over on the ECBRO uh, uh, Virginia Bigfoot Conference uh, page later, or the ECBRO page later, and I'll post a little little tag there that's got softsquatch.com on it. And that way it's easy to find and the Facebook page and all that. But uh, as always, if you have any encounters with Bigfoot, uh, any eyewitness uh, stories you want to tell me or whatever, then I'm always up to hear it. If you want to wait to face-to-face, then wait to face-to-face. you got me four or five times this year. You can find me somewhere roaming the eastern United States. Um, and then uh, um, there's something else I was going to say, and I don't know what it was. Uh um, the, the EC Bureau Bigfoot Conference. That's the that's the place to be. You all that it's cheap to get in. Um, fun for all ages. Um, and and plenty of just top notch researchers uh, and speakers going to be there that day. Um, and the, the yeah, the fun thing about that is uh, you know, and the cool thing about it is it's free to come shop and browse the vendors. And on top of that, this year uh, we have the Autobots from the transformers that are going to be there and they're going to be set up right there where all the vendors are. So it doesn't cost nothing to come see the transformers. So absolutely. Yeah. And you know, it's like uh, Daniel's got a raffle going on right now. And the only reason uh, 
I'm not letting him say this, is I have two, uh, I have a package of Sasquatch that you can win from that raffle that day. And also I do woodwork. Um, and I'm very, very proud of my woodwork. I make American flags and Daniel will have an American flag handmade by myself that he is raffling off that day. Uh, and I think the raffle is going on right now. Um, so get in on that. And if you win the Sasquatch package or whatever, if you win the flag, just bring it by. You want me to sign it? I'll sign it. If you don't want me to sign it, I'll still sign it. Uh, you know, I'll even sign Daniel's name to it. I'll forge his name to it. Um, <laughs> but I'll also have uh, at my booth, since I said that about we, uh, uh, about woodwork, I will have uh, one-of-a-kind Bigfoot footprint uh, cutouts. Wood, uh, uh, they're wooden cutouts, and they're nothing you can take and press down on the ground and make a Bigfoot print and fool all your buddies. This is something that you can actually take around if you want the speakers to sign it or whatever. It's it's something, and you know, I'll be selling those for 15 20 bucks a piece. Um, and they're just a nice little little thing to have, and 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 take home with you and take to all your events and stuff. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome right there. So, uh, Michael Cook, as we come to a close, uh, I, you've pretty much covered a lot of this, but if, people, if anybody wants to get directly in contact with you, what's the best way for people to find you? Uh, smoke signals. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Morse code, that's a good way to get a hold of me. Um, I'm a huge fan of pigeon mail. So if you've got trained <laughs> uh, carrier pigeons, then send them my way. No, my, uh, <laughs> my, my best, the best way to get a hold of me is on Facebook. It's just Michael W. Cook. And if you search Daniel Benoit or, or somebody or anybody in the Bigfoot community or whatever, and you look at mutual friends, just scroll down to the seas and you'll see me. Um, Sasquatch is on Facebook also. And uh, my email address for that is info at sawsquatch.com. Um, right now, I am actually taking recipes and eyewitness accounts uh, for a the uh for the cryptic cookbook that's coming oh. out this uh this year so uh and what that will entail is your recipe plus your story encounter or whatever you want to throw in there and a picture of you and if you got a picture of your food that's your your recipe then i'll put that in there also but i was hoping for it to be out by the ecbro event but i'm pushing the deadline back pretty far and it will be out this fall so uh, and the Bigfoot is also uh, still in the making. Uh, it's a book. Uh, uh, it's a book. It's called The Bigfoot. And uh, that book, uh, it covers the history of Bigfoot research and uh, past, present, and future. It's got stories in there, eyewitness accounts. Uh, not many eyewitness accounts, just the ones that stuck out to me over the years and uh, interviews with people like Daniel Benoit and, and, and Ed Brown and, and others. Uh, Ronald Moore had done an interview for me um, and that'll be out. Like I said, this, uh, yeah, I'm not going to put a deadline on it because every time I think I'm almost done, I add 
20 more pages to it. So it is the big foot book to read and, and enjoy. Um, so, um, and you can always find me at the butcher's pub in Pineville, Kentucky, uh, periodically through the week. Uh, come in, I'll make you a drink. We'll talk Bigfoot. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Oh, and if you find me at my other job, I'll say this. I want to see you at the butcher's pub and at the, at the Bigfoot conference. I do not want to see you all at my other job. I don't want to see you. <laughs> right. I, I, I would prefer not to see you there because if you're there, something bad is wrong. So, <laughs> Unless you got attacked by Bigfoot and you survived to talk about it. So. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> so, so stay away uh, from me at my other job. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Absolutely. And uh, real quick before we uh, drop off here, one of the names, I know you couldn't remember them all, but for those of us who grew up in the uh, love and fishing and fishing all our lives, one of my favorite fishing celebrities will be at the uh, East Tennessee Bigfoot Festival, and that's the good old Jimmy Houston, um, which I'm actually excited to learn. I was, when I first learned that he was going to be at the East Tennessee Bigfoot Festival, uh, yeah, I was like, man, I grew up watching his shows and you know, he's a great Thanks a guy, lot, Daniel. I'm, I'm, I thought I was your, your fishing hero. Oh, well, you're number two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. But yeah, good old Jimmy Houston. I can't wait to meet him. He's an old timer. He's been around for, I don't know, forever. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, he'll be there. So if you, yeah, if you guys, for those who know Jimmy Houston, yeah, come check him out. But uh, yeah, we yeah, there's a lot of excitement right around the corner with all these events. You know, June 18th for the Virginia Bigfoot Conference, and um, shoot, and then oh yeah, there's so many other events I I can mention. I little things I got going on, but that's f- for another time. So yeah, if you want to check those out, just go to vabigfootcon.com and look up other upcoming events and check ours out and. And, uh, yeah, you guys got to come out and meet Michael Cook. He's going to be there. Uh, we, I'm glad to know that we got some events together. You know, uh, we'll be at the June 18th event in East Tennessee in August. And so who knows what else is next. So, <laughs> but, You um, never know where you'll see one of us pop up at. Exactly, exactly. So, well, Michael Cook, I want to thank you for coming on here, man. I really do appreciate it and uh, sharing everything you did share. It's amazing. So, oh, I appreciate you, dude. I'm always happy to do it. Absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, be sure to share these episodes around of ECBR Bigfoot Radio. And, uh, yeah, spread the word. And if you want to be a guest and you got a story to share, you can contact me, ecbro98 at gmail.com. That's right, ecbro98 at gmail.com. And I'm your host, Daniel Benoit. Saying keep it squashing, my friends. Until next time, we're out. Ladies and gentlemen, be sure to mark your calendars for these upcoming events that you do not want to miss. Happening on June 18th in Stanton, Virginia, at the Holiday Inn Conference Center is the annual Virginia Bigfoot Conference. Food trucks, vendors, 
guest speakers, Raffles, Bigfoot, and his friends will be there. And if you're an Autobots fan, yes, the Autobots from the Transformers will be live in action joining us. October 8th, happening in Wares Cave, Virginia at the Wares Cave Community Center is the annual Squatch Festival. Ladies and gentlemen, these events are big, huge, and a lot of fun. You're going to want to come on out. Make sure you be there. Thank you, guys. And be sure to share ECBRO Bigfoot Radio.